Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families, centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, here on AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome into another week of The Family Room. This is Craig Wiesmeyer, and I'm here not solo, but duo with my co-host, Mari Cleveland. Hello, hello. Yeah, we're you? missing John today. Yeah, John uh, decided he had uh, to another engagement, unfortunately, so he won't be able to uh, participate in this uh, very interesting and engaging interview with Vince Freeze. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So what do you think on the topic? Because we're talking about divorce, which, I mean, a lot of people avoid that topic, but mm-hmm. I think it's well worth the conversation. I think especially as Catholics, because I know, for example, right now, I've got several friends who are Catholics who've been through divorce, and they, um, it's been a real challenge. Obviously, divorce is a challenge for anybody, but especially Catholics wanting to live in their faith and um, understand what the church says about divorce, understand how they can still be a big part of the church, even if there are some limitations in some situations based on where they are in the process. And both of them I know have struggled, but they've come to, um, I've seen both of them come with a lot of peace recently, which is beautiful. But I know that there's a, a need for what Vince and what his wife offer to Catholics out there who've gone through divorce. Excuse me. Yeah, no. And they also have a ministry for, um, they do a workshop for remarriage, yeah. which I think is awesome, too, because um, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around divorce in general. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, sometimes a stigma put on it, and there's also, I think, a misunderstanding of people with within and outside the church yeah. that act like, you know, once you get divorced, you're kind of ostracized and you're not allowed through the doors because you're so shameful. And I think Vince and his wife, Monica, have done a good job of destigmatizing that mm-hmm. and helping people heal. I mean, there's a lot of pain and suffering that certainly goes through divorce. So uh, before we actually bring Vince into the show, uh, would you open us in prayer? Sure, be glad to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you of the author of all that is good. We praise you and we thank you for the abundant life that you offer to each and every one of us, Lord. Um, Lord, we just ask you to be, especially with um, couples who are married, um, especially any couple who might be going through a hard time right now, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to intercede, to give them words, to give them healing, to give them strength. We thank you for the gift of marriage, and we thank you for those people who minister to those who are married as well as those who are struggling in marriage. Um, Lord, bless our conversation today and help it to be um, fruitful and help it to be a great encouragement and a good resource for for people who may need these resources that Vince and Monica offer. And I ask you to continue to bless them, bless their marriage, bless their family, bless their ministry. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Your Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. So listeners, like we said, we have Vince Fries in the uh, studio today. We were supposed to have his lovely wife, Monica, but unfortunately, COVID and a lingering cough took her down. So she's not able to join us today. But uh, we are speaking again with Vince, who I believe is a native Atlantean. Um, he has a identical twin brother, Tony. We were just laughing about Vince before we started taping. When I say identical, they look so much alike, they can't tell each other apart. <laughs> um, and Vince has, if I remember this correctly, uh, four children and three stepchildren. Is that right, Vince? That is correct, yes. And then uh, one of the natural children, Vincent? Yes. 
is the youngest. Yes. And he is your and Monica's natural child together. That's right. How old is he now? 14. Awesome. I remember when he was born. Seems uh, like it was yesterday. Yes, it does. Well, welcome into the show. We're going to get more into your, your specifics of what you do, but welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this. And Craig, you've been talking about this for a while. And it's unfortunate that my lovely wife, my better half, couldn't be here. But I'm carrying the, the flag for her. <laughs> and hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll do an admirable job. No, you'll, you'll be fine. And maybe next time. Maybe we'll have yeah, her on. that'd be great. Well. I know she'd enjoy that. That would be great. And she's listen. very articulate, more articulate than me. So. <laughs> and she's very pretty, better, better yes, looking than you are Way well. better. You're right. <laughs> but listeners, please pray for his wife as she's recovering. Yes. Thank you. That'd be great. So one of the things, Vince, that we always ask all of our guests is to talk about their faith journey, since we are here, obviously, in a Catholic station um, in the family room. And it's so helpful for all of us to hear, okay, what was your faith journey like? How did God capture your heart? What was it like growing up? Or when did you really turn more clearly into your life following Christ. So can you share a bit about that with us? Sure. I'm a cradle Catholic. I get my Catholic faith from my mom, who I know was praying for me before I was even born and had the rosary beads under her pillow at night. So um, very much uh, get my Catholic faith from her. Praise be to God. She's still alive, oh. doing great, 87 and a half years old. Um and so cradle Catholic, grew up Catholic my whole life, uh, Italian and Irish. There's some Irish in me. I tend to identify with my Italian <laughs> side more. Um, my mom and my wife both would not be too happy to hear that, but that's the truth. Um, and so, yeah, very much followed traditional Catholic journey as a kid, um, probably during my college years in my 20s, probably drifted away a little bit further than I would like to admit, but never that far. Mm -hmm. um, always found my way into mass, at least, you know, if I wasn't going every week, at least once a month or so. Mm -hmm. um, and then really, uh, once I had kids, that clearly brought me squarely back into into my faith uh, and, and the real priority of it in my life. And then uh, fortunately, unfortunately, because of my divorce, that really... Um, caused me to seek my faith deeply and, mm -hmm. and really seek the truth of our faith, which uh, for a while there, I really wasn't sure that I could find the truth, uh, especially having experienced divorce. So I went on this journey, about a two or three year journey after my during and after my divorce of trying to understand what the church really did teach about divorce mm -hmm. and being Catholic, because I really couldn't find much in the catechism, mm -hmm. um, at least not labeled specifically. And I tell this joke, but it's true. There was a, a one evening I remember vividly where I was really upset with God about having gone, having gone through a divorce. And I was looking in the catechism in the index because like, okay, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'd never expected to be here but I'm Catholic and I'm divorced. And I went to the index figuring for sure there's a whole section on people like me that are divorced and Catholic. And there's a section called Divorce Catholic. And I looked and I looked and I looked and there isn't a section called for Divorce Catholic. There's things about divorce in the catechism. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but nothing specifically that said, okay, now that you're divorced, do this, don't do that, do more of this, do less of that. Here's what the faith clearly teaches. I had to really spend some time piecing it together, but that's a key part of my journey that led me to the ministry that I'm in now that I never would have expected to be in. But God called me here because other, there are a lot of people like me who are looking for answers and I, I had to uncover them kind of the hard way. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, what I tell people is the work I've done in my ministry, particularly in the programs I've done, the books that I've read, you know, I haven't invented anything new. Um, I've just taken the truth of our faith and looked at it from the eyes of somebody who experienced divorce and helped them understand it better mm -hmm. that like I had to go through and understand better and help them live it because that's the key to the healing uh, that comes from our Catholic faith is when you live that truth. Uh, and, and we're so blessed to be Catholic and have not just the truth of our faith, but the richness of our faith, but most importantly, the sacraments in our faith, especially the Eucharist, uh, that are so fundamental to your healing and to living this abundant life that the Lord promises all of us. Mm, that's beautiful. You know, as I listen to you, I, I keep thinking too about your mother. I know those prayers, your mom prayed oh, for you, time. like you said, since before you were born, that it's no surprise. It was a surprise to you that you got divorced, but yes. God already knew that that was going to be a difficult time in your life. And he already knew how he was going to call you out of that. And I think it's beautiful. And it's a testament to your faith, but also probably more to your mom's faith yeah. that when you hit that bump, that you turn toward the church right. and toward God and toward seeking his will in your life. And then being able to glorify him through the ministry he put on your heart instead of away, because so many people turn away in anger, frustration, fear, hurt, all the rest of it. That's exactly right. And that's what really is an inspiration for me is all those people that are turning away that have mm -hmm. turned away that I run into that have left the faith and it's usually because they didn't understand the truth they yeah. somebody told them something that was wrong or they made an assumption or they somehow got hurt by our faith and uh, I just want to take them by the arm and gently lead them back to to the truth and to the healing and to the hope that yeah. exists in our in our faith. It's funny that I literally have one of these turning towards stories the the morning after uh I realized my marriage was gonna end in divorce. Um I was uh didn't sleep at all and it was a work day and I just got up kind of like a robot, not knowing what else to do, and got ready to work and got my car and headed towards the office and I'm literally at the traffic light where I have to turn right to go to my office or left to go to my parish. Mm. And it, in that moment of truth, I turned left Wow! to go to my parish because I was, I was hurting and I was seeking answers. The sad truth is, um, was that I did go to my parish. I did find my way to my pastor, but this is 24 years ago. Um, and there wasn't, I figured for sure they'd have some kind of book or booklet or program or group or something they could, he could turn me to. And they didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. All he said is, you know, he listened to me and he said, I'll pray for you, which is great. But I needed a lot more than that in that moment. And so I went back out kind of into the cold alone without any answers and and that started my journey that ultimately led to this ministry but it was a bumpy road initially for sure in trying to learn what that truth was um but praise be to god i discovered it that's right
It, it is great when you think about, um, too, how, what is it, necessity is the mother, mother. of invention? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, when, you know, instead of, how many people leave the church because they can't find a resource or they got the wrong answer? Instead of doubling down and saying, mm -hmm. uh, you know, let me be that resource or try to be, and I honor you for the fact that you put that kind of time and effort into it because it would have been a lot easier just to say, Heck with this. I'm going to move on. Well, trust me, it wasn't a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. And in one of your recent blogs, it's interesting enough, too, I think you made mention to the, the divorce thing is like a battle. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And so you said truth about 1,400 times in this very <laughs> short time, which I find wonderful and interesting. Can you... Kind of talk about the battle itself, maybe as it related to you, and I don't want to put your wife on the spot here, but if you can share even from some of her experience, if not, that's perfectly fine. And then really talk about, again, the truth. Dial in on the truth. Yeah. Well, someone who's experienced divorce, and anybody listening to this who's gone through divorce understands what I'm about to say, and that when you go through a divorce, you are confronted with so many lies. Mm. And and you are confronted with things that are or new realities that you did not were not aware of, right? Somebody you were you're married to that you thought you knew, but now you realize you really didn't. Mm -hmm. And so you, you enter a dark period of just not knowing what the truth really is. And so you you're searching for something solid to stand on and and know that that I can hold firmly to this and this is not going to dissolve away or this is not okay. going to uh you know break down this is also not going to break down yeah, on me yeah. right that, that I can trust this and so I just know for me that I went through this period of really trying to understand what the truth was because I thought I knew I thought it was being married to this one person the rest of my life raising these three kids together uh and that was the truth that I built my life on mm -hmm. and, and based on around our faith. Right. And so when that all fell apart, now you're left with, okay, now what is true? So for me, it was this journey ultimately of what could I bank on? What could I stand on that was firm no matter what that I could truly build my life around? Um, and so that's why in my journey, it was trying to understand what the truth was, building my life on that. And then ultimately with my ministry, teaching others mm -hmm. what I knew. Yeah. Right. So that's why the truth is kind of the gold standard, right? It's what you sure. really seek to get this clarity and, and to really reorient yourself around. It's that like that North star, right? I'm totally disoriented right now. It's like I got, got dropped into this Martian, Martian landscape and I don't know where I am and I don't know where I'm going. I, I don't have a map on how to get out of here. And so what do I do? Mm -hmm. And so the, our Catholic faith is that map. I had to discover that kind of the hard way mm -hmm. and take a lot of detours. So listeners, if you were just joining us, you were here in the family room. We're talking with Vince Fries and about his life and his, his ministry for especially guiding people who've been through divorce to abundant life. And Vince, you, you describe that so helpfully, I think, 
for people to say, wow, you're right. Like everything you built your thought, your life on, everything you thought was true, all of a sudden it's not true. And we know who the father of lies is, right? Yeah. So we know that the evil one is going to come at us in different ways. And in your case, he came at you through the dissolution of your, your first marriage. And you had to find light. You had to find truth. You had to find hope. So you said you went to your parish. Um, your priest was kind enough to talk to you, to pray with you. But what were some of the things that you started to discover? I know that you said you looked and there was not much there. What were those resources that started to help you find those solid, truth-filled points of light in your own journey as you went through this? Well, um, before I answer that, I just do want to circle back to one thing, Craig, that you had asked me about is Monica's journey. I think Mm -hmm. she has a kind of a parallel journey and she was seeking this truth. I didn't know her at the time. Um, and she also is a lifelong Catholic that, again, was disoriented and trying to figure out what was true. And through her own process, particularly through her prayer life, was able to kind of reorient herself. And it's the reason I met her, how I met her, was she was seeking that truth and had heard about the ministry work that I was doing at the time. Okay. Uh-huh. So it was her quest for the truth that ultimately led us to meet each other. So wow. I did want to touch good. on no, that because you asked specifically yeah. specifically about my wife. Yeah. Um, as far as what what were those things, those kind of guideposts along the way, if, if you will? Well, I, I will tell you at first, and I alluded to this a little bit already, that it wasn't a straight path. So I kind of bought into the world's view of what you should do after divorce, mm-hmm. right? And and you ask you know, anybody in the world that the way to get over a divorce is to beat somebody else. Oh, interesting. Right? <laughs> oh, I know how to make you happy. I know how to get you to forget about the past. I've got this great person you need to meet. Mm. And so I did buy into that for, for a short period of time. And thought that, okay, well, maybe they know what they're talking about. And this is the pathway to, to happiness and, and peace. And the more I pursued that path, the, the least I was found any <laughs> yeah. kind of peace or happiness. So it truly was the exact opposite of how to find peace and joy. So after beating my head against that wall a little bit, I figured that wasn't the right way. So I started researching. I started reading a lot, uh, anything I really get my hands on, including the catechism, including the teaching of the church fathers, including other Christian and Catholic writers. And C.S. Lewis, I have to give him the credit for being the one that really uh, shined the light very brightly in my life at the time. So mere Christianity Mm. um, really saved me. Um, Mm. It was just his description of of our faith and his i could just relate so much to him and how he's describing the way that christians live their faith he said that christians live their faith like they pay their taxes he said they just give so much to god but the rest they keep for themselves Hmm. well that's exactly where i was in that point in my divorce recovery journey is is i was wanting to live the life i wanted to live I was Catholic and I was certainly raising my girls who were living with me uh, and I was raising them Catholic, but I wanted to be free to explore and do the things I wanted to do separate and apart from my faith. And he said, you know, that is how you become miserable is by trying to give only a piece of your life to God Mm. because you'll always be empty. He said the way to really... um, 
to be true to your faith and really how God is calling you, our Lord is calling you, is to give you all of, give him all of yourself to him, surrender totally, let go of everything in total trust, and he will give you a new self. He will give you himself. And that's where the peace and the joy comes in. And so that hit me like a ton of bricks because that's exactly what I was trying to do. I was trying to avoid just a full kind of surrender. Okay, Lord, take my life. I've been trying to live it the way I thought it was right. I'm not getting anywhere and uh, I really need your help. And so when I made that decision and I fully let go, that was when you know, the doors really swung wide open and that Mm. put me on the path to peace and ultimately led me to all the, you know, the good things that have happened since in my life, particularly meeting my wife, um, you know, blending our families, having our son, having this ministry, my, my faith, uh, the way it's grown and how I've just grown in my relationship with our Lord, how I've been able to minister and help so many thousands of people, um, Mm -hmm. is because of that. As you were talking about truth, so I'm going to go back to that. You mentioned, you know, if I'm listening and you keep saying truth, yeah. what came to my mind is what was the big truth? It sounds like it may have been that C.S. Lewis moment of surrender, right? That's exactly what it was. It was that moment of surrender. And I, I will never forget where I was when I had read this particular section of the book. And I, I teach this a lot and I, I talk about well, mere Christianity, but uh, in many of my talks and workshops, I'll actually refer to the exact page in the chapter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'll quote the exact page, but if I get it wrong, somewhere around 278 or something like that in mere Christianity. But um, that was that day. It was a Saturday in July, and I was home alone. Every other weekend, the girls went to their moms for the weekend, and I was by myself. And I, I it's a funny story. I Found, I found that book in a bookstore. I've never read any C.S. Lewis, but the title kind of piqued my interest. So I bought it, promptly brought it home, put it on the bookshelf, forgot about it. Six months later, I actually moved with my girls and I was home alone. And that it was it was bizarre. The Holy Spirit was calling me to find that book. Mm-hmm. And after about, you know, 23 boxes later, because literally I just moved like the weekend before, I dug through and finally found that book. And I don't know why I was digging for it. Yeah. Huh. It was the Holy Spirit just gave me this urgency and I finally found it and I read it and I read this one section and it was like one of those things I like slammed the book shut. I'm like, I, you know, did I just read what I thought I read? And I put it down and the next day it was haunting me. So I read it again and it was like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And so it was th- that that day I made a decision that everything I was holding on to, particularly my you know, opportunity to pursue dating relationships, things like that, that I was just, that was from, from, to me, I had suffered so much that I at least needed to have something that I could hold on to that was like for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but our Lord was saying, no, I want all of it. And, and that actually was the barrier of me holding on to all that was standing in the way of our Lord fully being able to work in my life. Yeah. And once I fully let go of that, then he could come flooding in and really use me. Yeah. And really heal me fully, right? So, yeah, that surrender was. I would say that's a, that's a major truth, right, of our faith. Yeah, yeah. let God be God and <laughs> quit trying to be God exactly. and control everything, right? Exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the piece that that hit me in your story 
is that that healing part, right? Yeah. God wants to heal us and he knows how to heal us. And the world will tell you, oh, this is what will heal you. Exactly. This is how you can be healed. This is what you need. And this is what will make you happy. Exactly. This is what will fulfill you. But God knows the desire of your heart. And he's the one who, as you said, he had so much just in store for you, waiting for you as soon as you surrendered and totally focused only on him and allowed him to heal you. Um, so part of what you talked about that he offered you, in addition to your your lovely wife, Monica, was um, this beautiful ministry. And you, like Craig and John and I, have a regular full-time job, right. but you also then got to put this in your heart to do this as ministry. Would you start to unpack, because your ministry includes a number of things, including workshops. Can you share with us some of the things that God has put on your heart to offer to other people? Sure, kind of in the journey of it all, it started out by, I started a ministry at my parish for divorced Catholics. After I'd gone through this learning process of three or years or so and kind of figured out what the truth was of our faith and was living it fully mm-hmm. after I surrendered everything else, I really felt like I, I had something I needed to share and, and help the people. And so I went to my pastor and started a ministry there to help just really provide a community for divorced Catholics that could, you know, other people have been through what they've been through that they could identify with and then just be able to teach them what I knew. Mm-hmm. So it started there and ultimately ended up in a book that I co-authored, Divorced Catholic, Now What? And that was kind of the cornerstone of, it kind of pulled everything together into one place and, and articulated it in a way that somebody could really take it and walk through it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, came the Recovering from Divorce program, which was something that was basically a divorce ministry in a box. It's Mm -hmm. everything that if somebody in a parish wanted to facilitate a divorce support group, I could send them this Recovering from Divorce facilitator kit and had everything in there. They could take it out and start using it and start ministering and helping people. Mm -hmm. So that really is one of the main things that I've done that we offer there are other books that we've read. There's our website. There's our workshops. I think the main resource is divorcedcatholic.com. Divorcedcatholic.com. Okay. And so that has all of our resources. It has our books. It has our blog. It has our workshops. We do uh, online workshops. Uh, we have our program is now online. So if your parish doesn't offer the program, we offer it online. Okay. Um, so I think that is really the hub that has all of our resources available. And you said the uh, recovering after divorce, recovering from divorce, is a 13-week program? It's a 13-week program. It's a combination of videos, of sections out of the book. Okay. There's prayers written specifically for divorced Catholics. There's the daily inspirations that so many people have found helpful that we've woven into the program, some key inspirations. Great. So we'll come back and talk more about that program and the other resources right after this break. Join us back here in the family room with Vince Freeze. We'll be right back in the family room, sponsored by Versprite, right after this. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. This is Father Kevin Peek, a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and this is my favorite prayer, the breastplate of St. Patrick. Let us pray. 
Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. Amen. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Did you know science has already proven that at fertilization, a sperm and egg unite to form a unique human being with DNA separate from that of the mother? Yet, the argument today is not whether that new life is a human being inside the mother's womb. The argument is one of choice. We are told that a mother's right to choose to kill her unborn daughter trumps the daughter's right to choose to not be killed by her mother. What happened to women's rights? Only some women have rights, not all women. Many young women are never given the right to choose if they want to live or die. It's time to take a stand for life. All human life matters. So let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you. We're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. Hello, this is Father Joe Wagner, a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Thank you for listening to your Atlanta Catholic Radio AM 1160 The Quest. God bless you. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig. Sponsored by Verse Sprite on AM 1160 The Quest. Welcome back into The Family Room. We are here today with Vince Freeze, and he's talking with us about a journey he's been on and that he found some light and hope during divorce. And now he has shared his experiences with a lot of other people who have dealt with divorce to help them have more abundant life and live in their faith more fully. So Vince, we're so thankful for your heart and for your willingness to be so intimate with us. And oh, thank you for inviting yeah, me here today. It's yeah. been a joy. And transparency is, is really helpful in this. Okay. Talk about transparency. We always ask all of our guests, what would be one of your favorite family room memories? I do. And, and this is something that I remember when I was a kid, but, uh, I also get to enjoy it and live it and experience it now. So let me share it briefly with you. So growing up, uh, in an Italian household with my grandparents, uh, immigrating here from Italy, uh, living in New York City in a small little apartment. Um, we literally ate in their kitchen. So they had a, a tiny ki- kitchen in a little apartment in New York City. And uh, there were five, well, 
four brothers and sisters plus me makes five. And then I, I had cousins, had five other cousins. So there were about 15 of us that crammed into this one little room uh, to eat our Christmas Eve meal, which was a very special meal of uh, this red squid sauce that we only have once a year. Seven and fishes? It, well, we don't do seven. We okay. do two. This is one of the two. And... Um, but we had this picture where all of us kids, because we had the red tomato sauce and you get it on your good clothes. <laughs> so the the boys took off their shirts. Had, all they had on, we had our T-shirts on. The girls took off their dresses. They had their slips on. And we have this picture of all of us gathered around this table together enjoying this meal. It's our favorite meal of the year. Aww. Well, fast forward now, 50 plus years and we enjoy that same meal every year at christmas eve mm. and now um you know my kids uh, all my my wife's kids my stepkids all of our kids and their significant others enjoy it just as now just as much as i did when i was a kid oh, so i get to relive that memory every year but you don't it's, go back to grandma's kitchen i wish was... i could <laughs> i wish i could but we recreate it because we all now there's probably 25 of us almost 30 of us that cram oh. around this one table oh. every Are you year serious? i'm That's serious very cool and this might be a family room first but if you have the recipe i'm sure folks with Oh, love. I have the recipe, but we don't share you know, it. Oh, okay. It's That's one of those. It's one heirloom. of those. Absolutely. <laughs> I like the it. The only way you can get the recipes, you have to marry be part, blood into the family or marry into the family. <laughs> there you go. And I trust me, I've had a lot of people ask for it, but... That's great. Know, that is awesome. It. I don't think they're going to let us in no, the family. No. I'll invite you over. You can oh, have it. perfect. That'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> next Christmas Eve, I'm having red go. squid. Yeah. It saves us the trouble for making it. That's awesome. No, that is awesome. I love those. Yeah, especially Italian families, right? You always hear about the big family gatherings around yeah. meals and everything, yeah. and everything. it's awesome. Um, so let's 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 stay on the theme of family, if you don't mind, okay. because you know you just mentioned you're one of five. Right. You do have a, like I said, an identical, identical, identical twin brother. <laughs> um, where was he, or where was somebody else in your family when you were going through your divorce, and how did they help you? Yeah, so or my- didn't they help you? No, my twin brother was instrumental in helping me. He's obviously been in my life from the moment I was conceived. <laughs> yeah, and literally. we've always been very close. It's like having your best friend with you all the time. That's so awesome. it's a real blessing. And so when I hit this crisis, he was right there walking with me and guiding me and being that voice of truth, right? So, so many times when you're hurt, you come up with these ideas you think are great ideas. And he was that person I could bounce these ideas off of. And he would give me, you know, this unbiased truth and and set me straight more than once and so he walked with me through that and really uh involved me in his social life got me involved with really helpful positive catholic men that he was associated with and really brought me into that circle and that was really huge in helping me so he had his own faith was pretty grounded yes and then he helped found a group of men's gathering What's the importance of men? Sorry, Mari, I don't mean to exclude you no, in this conversation. No, I want, but I want men to gather in men, healthy ways. Men tend to be very isolating, yes. especially during problems, or you get involved in things, frankly, you shouldn't. What's the importance of having solid men around you as a man? Well, I think it's that influence, right, that you that you desperately need, and you're going to be influenced 
right? But having a, a man who will guide you and influence you in a positive way, in a healthy way, in a way that ultimately will lead you down a path of peace. Because look, there's lots of opportunities to get involved in lots of different things that don't lead you to peace and in the moment seem like they're a smart thing or an enjoyable thing, but yeah. ultimately aren't. So you need that that perspective of another man that can really truly guide you, uh, a man that's got a good perspective, right? And that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's the importance of having another man to walk with you. I think it's true of women too. Men are just not as naturally willing to reach out. That's very right? true. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. tend to kind of go into their cave, so to speak. So having another man call you out of your cave, I think is critical. And that's what my brother did for me. Yeah. And call you into something good mm-hmm. and and into an environment, a group of other men that uh, can just help you heal. And in, in this particular group that my brother started did that. We We not only studied our faith, but we also just hung out as men. You know, we played cards. We watched sports together yeah you know there was two parts to that coin on the nights we got together the friday nights we got together and that were just so helpful and and really helped me to heal no that's awesome i love but off air you had said you know your brother pretty much was like hey knucklehead stop it yeah. one thing i do like about a, a guy's association is especially if you can be real that somebody's not going to be kind of soft soap tough selling something they're just going to call you out and be like you know, smack you on the back of the head and be like, wake up, man. Well, yeah, There's a better men, way. men, well, everybody needs that, but, but men need that directness and to have another slow, man, yeah. <laughs> and to have another man who, you know, you can trust yeah. be direct with you is key. Yeah. That's like building that foxhole, right? You hear about people come back from a, a war. It was the guys in the foxhole with me that were everything to me. I survived yep. because of them. So yep. I get it. Exactly. Well, I think it's so helpful because as you said earlier, this the world was telling you oh just go out and start dating again right Right. you're hurting you're lonely you're wondering what went wrong let me just jump right back in start dating and try to make it right and that's not what god was calling you to do and that's not always healthy i know for women as well you know i think we can do the same thing if i think about friends who've gone through divorce having groups of women that they can go and be with and i've got a women's group and we pray for each other and help talk to each other about, okay, what would God want you to do in this situation? Or, or what's God, you know, maybe saying into your life in this situation? And, and yes, and just, hey, let's go see a movie. Let's go do this or that. Just help people get through that, that if, lonely. If loneliness. I could build on that. So in our Recovering for Divorce program, when we facilitate it in the parishes, we strongly advise that they, they separate the groups, men and women. Mm-hmm. So when they, when they walk through this 13 week program, the men do it together as a group, the women do it together as a group. So there's none of those influences there, those temptations, if you will. And what has happened is because of that, these groups have grown very close. Well, we have some groups that went through the program 10 years ago that Mm. are still meeting, groups of women that are still getting together to go out socially, go to mass together. You know, that's become a key part of their friend group now that they they really have built their a key part of their faith life around that's so great. it's it's really important to get that sense that community mm-hmm. right not only when you're healing but to help encourage you all along the way yeah so, yeah because yeah, we're no, made for awesome. community we're made for that, connection yeah. right yeah definitely Absolutely. definitely you know
know, so some of your resources, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the workshop, but I also know um, that when you were going through, you figured out, okay, there's some keys for when you're recovering from divorce. Can you share with us some of the keys that were critical ones that you, you like to share with us, others when they are recovering from divorce? Sure, I've got some practical ones, but I think one from a faith perspective is really um, what I tell everybody is to get as much Jesus into your life as possible. Mm. I mean, that, and praise be to God, through our Catholic faith, we have such a direct route to Jesus through the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So what, we, what I encourage people is really either receive the Eucharist every day if you can by going to Mass every day or just being present in our Lord. I mean, in the Gospels, everywhere you read, he went around healing people, mm-hmm. uh, either physically being present to them, touching them, and we have him available to us in the Eucharist. So the Eucharist is foundational to the healing process. So, can I ask you a question on sure. that? Going back to the false narratives. Yeah. Um, I've often heard that once you're divorced, you can't go to communion. Yeah, that's not true. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation. And and I know of situations where people have gone 30 plus years without receiving the Eucharist because they were told just by going through a divorce, you're excommunicated, Mm -hmm. which is not true. Going through a divorce does not prevent you from receiving the Eucharist. You may have to go to reconciliation if there's something you did to contribute to that. But getting a divorce does not excommunicate you. You're still Catholic, and and our Lord wants you to participate in your faith. Pope Francis has called the Catholic Church a field hospital, right? Mm He needs to bring people into it to help them heal. And so um, our, our faith is critical to healing. And I think not everybody knows it, but the Eucharist actually heals you from venial sins as yes, well, which is beautiful to know that you've got that. You know, in my ministry, what's been so beautiful is to see people come to me into our groups just absolutely broken, as you can imagine, as I was. And really through our faith and through receiving the Eucharist more frequently, I watch them blossom over a course of like two or three months where they walk in just devastated and walk out hopeful and, mm-hmm. and really with a with a with a sense of of healing a sense of of confidence a sense of hope for the future mm-hmm. you're here in the family room with Vince Fries talking about um, recovering from divorce and also um, post divorce when you get remarried things that things that you can do in that regard um, but going back to what we were just talking about you know forget about the divorce side of it in that kind of, in that context. The Eucharist and our faith is there to give us hope. You know, no matter what we're going through, you go, you, you sit in adoration, you receive the Eucharist, you know, divine mercy. Let me pour out, I don't care what you've done, come to me. You're divorced. Even if you were the cause of the divorce, come to me. I'll forgive exactly. you. Let's reconcile. Let me heal you and heal your life. And I mean, look, that's what our faith's all about, right? Right. And and to answer some of the other que- question, the question about what other things mm-hmm. we rec- I recommend and my wife and I re- recommend. So one of the practical things is focus on things you can control. Mm. So often we get wrapped up in what the other person is doing yeah. and try and control them. Um, and that's not practical. That's not really possible. But you can control what you do. As importantly or more importantly, you can control what you focus on and think about. Mm-hmm. So we recommend that people really 
focus on that. Some of the obvious practical things or obvious things, stay away from drugs and alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. So many people want to drown their sorrows and it may seem like a good idea at the time, but it rarely is. Um, Other things like stay away from social media is one of the things we recommend because again, you're hurt and you, you will do things when you're hurt that you'll later regret and you can do it very quickly in a very large scale on social media. Uh, that can create some real harm to other people that you may not intend it to, or even to yourself that will last a long time. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, you know, getting close to your face, getting as much Jesus, particularly through the Eucharist or even the sacrament of reconciliation, where you experience mercy firsthand, Mm -hmm. because ultimately through this experience, you're going to have to come to a place of forgiveness, right? In order to really fully heal, you have to forgive. Mm. It's hard for people to understand that at first, especially when they're hurt or they're angry. They don't want to forgive. Mm-hmm. Understood. Mm-hmm. But at some point, they have to get to the place of being able to forgive. And in the school of forgiveness is in reconciliation, where they themselves experience reconciliation and the healing power of it. So we definitely recommend that as well. That's one of the other keys to recovering from a divorce is experiencing that healing mm. through the sacrament of re- reconciliation. That's critical. Yeah. So Vince, you've helped thousands of people now through these, your blog posts that you put out there, through the book that you co-wrote, through these workshops that you give and that are given also in other parishes as well. Do you have any stories or comments or responses from people, you know, once they've started to receive some of this, once they've started to see the hope or receive the healing, um, what kind of feedback do you have from people? Well, one story sticks out in particular. Um, I was giving a talk, um, I don't know, maybe a hundred people that uh, had uh, through one of the dioceses out in California, I believe. And I was giving this talk on a particular topic uh, on recovering from divorce. And after the talk, this woman came up to me and wanted a selfie with me, which I was a little embarrassed about, but she came up and said, oh, I cannot believe that you're here. You have no idea how you have helped me. I'm like, wow. She said, when I, she lived in some faraway place and there was no recovering from divorce program available to her, but what she did have available to her were the daily inspirations that I write. Mm -hmm. And she said, your inspirations were that daily light that gave me hope. Mm. That's beautiful. And Mm. it blew me away just through my experience. And the the inspirations I write about are really from my personal experience and um, nothing particularly special other than you know, I've experienced too, and here's what I've learned from that. And mm-hmm. there is a, there is an element of hope in each one of those, right? Yeah. Um, and so she was every day was able to give her just that whisper of hope to keep her going, and and I think that was so powerful to me that I that I was able to help her. Uh, another workshop that I was giving, maybe this is kind of the flip side of the coin, but why is so important to to pursue your your faith and to heal so there was um a group of people there's it wasn't that big of a group there's probably about 10 people in this particular workshop that i was giving and when it's that smaller group i I asked people to go around and introduce themselves and give them just a a one minute overview of you know how long they've been divorced and just so everybody gets to know each other so we're going around the room and this woman there's an older woman she's probably in her 60s or so and so um, by the time I got to her, she just immediately jumped into um, her divorce and it was very clear she was very angry mm. and and she was 
going on and on and on about her former spouse and, and the injustices and so on and so forth. And I thought, okay, she's going through a divorce. She clearly is very angry and very hurt. And so I had to stop her and I said, so how recently have you gone through your divorce? And I was expecting her to say, like, I'm going through it now or in the last mm -hmm. year or two. She said 30 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 30, 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Carry and that around. Carry that around. Yeah. And But praise be to God, she came back to her faith to seek some kind of help and healing. And the, it's the exact right place she needed to be because by being away from her faith really kept her stuck in that hurt and that pain. Yeah. And it was really written on her face. I mean, this clearly was a woman in a lot of pain mm -hmm. who had experienced that over and over again for 30 plus years, just could not find that healing. So praise God that she had this opportunity now to, yeah. to, be, to heal from it. That was shocking. That is, that, and it's just ex shows how deep this oh, can yes. be, how oh. how devastating this is. You know, what's helpful for me too in listening to you is, especially like when you just talked about your daily blog posts were right. a reflections were a um, a hope for this woman, right? Yes. And what I'm imagining is you were kind of this objective person outside who was also walking the same walk she she was going through or had walked it but had found hope and had positive things and had, you know, was they were, you were focusing her toward God. You know, you were looking toward Jesus. So you were helping her look toward Jesus because what I'm thinking about is oftentimes if somebody in your life goes through a divorce, then you're mad for them. Yes. Right. And so what's ha what ends up happening is you are, instead of like your brother inviting you to come, let's go come talk about Jesus and eat pizza or whatever. You're instead wanting to, spout venom as well you're yelling for them you're degrading their future their former spouse with them right. you're all of that and that's not helpful that's no. not helpful at all no um, that's focusing on things you can't control right uh, it yeah. goes back to and it gets you in this vicious cycle mm -hmm. that ends up nowhere it yeah. actually ends up in reverse right so absolutely so if you're the friend don't do that don't right do that. don't do that don't, don't do that yeah yeah exactly help and i will say we give a workshop that uh, just on the keys to recovering from divorce these 10 keys that we we're yeah. talking about and we ha we host them at pa parishes and so often uh, people will come that are friends or family members oh. just so they can learn how they can best help that someone who's in need. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And I want to make sure we mention again, if you are looking for any of these resources that Vince is talking about, if you go to divorcedcatholic.com, right. you can find all of these various resources. And if, if your parish doesn't offer this, what's the option at that point? If your parish doesn't offer Well, the most workshop? immediate option is to take our online okay. course. Uh -huh. Um, it's the same course, mm -hmm. it's just led online. Um, the other option would be to go to your pastor and ask that they bring our program to their parish. Mm -hmm. um, that's fairly common, but takes more time, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, so especially if you're hurting, you, you want help now. So that's why the online program is of such help because they, they can start getting help immediately. They don't have to wait for a class to form and things like that. Great. Right. Do people have the ability through your uh, website to ask you direct questions? They can email me. Sure. They can? So they can interact in a kind of a muted yes, manner with and, you a little bit? Yes. And the daily inspirations, uh, there's a comment section. I get a lot of questions and comments there through those inspirations. Those go out every every day. Okay. 
Um, so uh, th those two means are probably the two primary means in which they can. Okay, and you'll answer because, I mean, looking at your website, you talk about everything from the annulment process to co-parenting kids to whatever. I mean, you've got a litany of them. And also one of your ministries we really didn't talk about, it, though, was, you know, the remarriage right. portion of it, which um, I think is probably really important when people go through that whole process. I mean, that would seem to be fairly confusing as well. How do I do this whole remarriage thing? Well, yes, and it's something that most people haven't ever done before, and it definitely has its own set of challenges. Step parenting, for example, yeah. mm -hmm. um, blending another person's life later in life with somebody later in life is a challenge. You're not like you know early twenties getting married for the first time. Oftentimes, you're much older, and you had a lot of life and experience and kids and mm -hmm. you know assets and a lot of other traditions. stuff. Traditions, traditions yeah. that make it more much more challenging. But a reason to celebrate, too. So during our remarriage workshop, we kind of help them understand what the challenges are, but also the joys that yeah. we've experienced and the blessings that come from, you know, blending your life with another person and their family. Yeah, that might be a fun um, next uh, show with you and Monica that would is be talking about like, that and we, your experiences. Monica with that. and I share a lot of our personal stories that we've lived together. Yeah. As, you know, we've been remarried 16 years now, um, and we've learned a lot. We yeah. have a lot of funny stories. It, it's what makes that workshop so enjoyable. There's a lot of laughter in there, and it's it's because of the stories that we share, that the mistakes we've made, the things that we've learned along the way. That's so. great, and that's hope filled as well. Very, you know, very that was, much. Yeah. Do you think she'd be willing to come on and do that part of it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd rather do more fun stuff than talk about it. Yeah, you know, talk so. the fun stuff with her. Yeah. <laughs> talk all the rough stuff with you yeah, and bring yeah. her in for the fun. Yeah. Uh, we have, have appreciated so much you sharing your heart and offering hope and encouragement, especially for people going through such a hard time or people observing people they love going through such a hard time as well. Would you bless us by um, sharing a closing prayer? Oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, our great healer, we just uh, ask you to reach out to all of those people that are experiencing divorce, all those Catholics that right now uh, have experienced divorce or experiencing divorce or have lost hope. And Lord, I just pray that you reach out to them, touch them, bring them closer to you, bless them, set them apart to be loved, ministered, and healed in a special way by you. Help them feel your presence, particularly in our faith, especially in our sacraments, particularly in the Eucharist, that they can come to know that you are real, that you are the truth, and you are the path to healing and peace and joy. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, That's Holy Spirit. Solid. Amen. Nice job. Very beautiful. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you for having me. It's yes. a joy. It's a pleasure. And thank you for all your resources. So we'll make sure we get them in the show notes. But um, all of you listening to Vince Freeze today, we want to remind you he has got um, daily inspirations you can sign up. He's yeah. also got week weekly blog posts that he puts out there, a book called Divorced Catholic, Now What?, and his online and in-person workshop, 13-week workshop called Recovering from Divorce. And then he's also got a remarriage workshop. And you can find all of these resources at divorcedcatholic.com. Vince Fries, thank you for being with us in the family room today. 
And we ask everybody to come and join us again here next week in the Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.